Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk with creative Mississippians. I'm your host, Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with Melanie Dees. In addition to her background in theater, Melanie is connected to so many art forms through her work as Executive Director of the Link Center in Tupelo, Mississippi. Welcome. Hello, and thank you. Thanks for being here. So we have a lot to talk about, and we're going to jump back and forth a little bit. But before we jump into your history, tell us what the Link Center is. Well, we are officially a multi-tenant nonprofit arts and social services center in Tupelo. And it has a longer name than I We do. Our legal name is the Harrisburg Cultural and Social Services Center, Uh, basically because... um, Back in the beginning, they had to come up with a name before they decided to uh, come come up with Link Center. And um, not to jump too far ahead, but we are located in the former Harrisburg Baptist Church facility, and that's where the Harrisburg comes from. Gosh, I've always wondered that. Good to know. There you go. Because Melanie is the uh, one of our grantees at Mac. Is what I'm trying to say. They're one of our long-standing arts-based community development grantees. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. But before we get too much into the Link Center, I want to talk about your background. Did you grow up in Tupelo? I did indeed. And in fact, I grew up in that very building uh, when it was a church. Oh, okay. So you like <laughs> went to church as a kid in I this did. building. Did you sing in the choir? Did you do art stuff? I did all the things. Um, my family was there. My mother was the organist. Uh, the doors were open. I was pretty much there. So I have a very long history. Yeah, you've got I'm like sure we'll talk about that. <laughs> a lifelong relationship with this building. Yeah. So when I talk to people about the arts, I like to know where it started. Was it in that building? Was it at school? Where did your interest start? You know, I'm not sure. I remember when it started. But conveniently, I am almost exactly as old as Sesame Street. Oh, wow. So uh, shout out um, to public broadcasting. Yeah. I believe that, um, and my family will confirm, I have always been a slightly overly dramatic child. (laughs) Um, My childhood nickname was Sarah Hartburn. Um, (laughs) For those of you old enough to remember Sarah Bernhardt. And... um, (laughs) I have been reading and acting out or acting uh, as long as I can remember. Um, I read to all my friends, to my siblings, uh, to my kindergarten class. Um, I was just always the person who was uh, there telling stories or reading. um, And I just kind of never stopped. So... I believe, if I'm correct, I've been reading a little bit about your background. There is a, a crossover with theater and literature, right? Absolutely. So, how did tell us about that? Like where it started, where you <sighs> went, all of the things. Wow. Well, you know, my first uh, performance I really remember was in my kindergarten graduation play. <laughs> um, 
although technically before that, I think um, at Christmas of my kindergarten year, they took me to read Frosty the Snowman to the first graders, <laughs> uh, sound effects and all, and um, those ended yes. up becoming um, my classmates later uh, in my school career, and they some of them are actually very dear friends and Link Center board members, um, in fact, and maybe even um, Mac um, Art teaching artists, trainees, and recent graduates. So I hear a lot about it um, on a daily basis sometimes. So, um, yeah, I carried that through. I did choir and acting all through school, high school. Um, In college, I shifted a little bit and started learning how to work backstage Mm. because it turns out uh, when you go to college, you actually do have to study and do the things you went to college to do. Uh, I went to be a history and literature major, uh, yay humanities. Um, yeah, absolutely. And um, you can work on more things if you're working backstage because if you need to miss a performance to sing in a qu- uh, choir concert or something else, you can put your assistant uh, on stage um, calling the cues. I'm going to so. make you tell us where you went to college because it's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, I was an undergraduate at Harvard. And I did my graduate work in dramaturgy and dramatic criticism at um, Yale School of Drama. So, you know, dramaturgy is so interesting. And I don't know that I've ever, you know, I've worked with, you know, people, but not anybody who's as trained as you are in it. Well, so that's yeah. amazing. Well, and, and dramaturgy is a very strange field. Um, I'd never heard of it until I graduated from college. So, um Tell us what it is, and, and then we'll talk about how you got there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, dramaturgy has many, many definitions. Mm. Um, the way we studied it at, and practiced at Yale, um, production dramaturgy is what I love best, uh, mm. which is working with actors, directors, designers to shape the look, the history of a production. Mm. So um, research into um the history of the playwright, the history of the time in which the play is set, um, helping um, with what the costumes might have looked like, anything surrounding the production values. So as I tell people, it's the perfect career for a history and literature major. I was just thinking that. Who maybe has um, a short attention span and loves to learn everything there is to know as quickly as possible, convey it to the people involved, and then move on to the next topic. Uh, so it was the perfect career for me that I didn't know existed until mm-hmm. I went to work for a theater company straight out of college. And the first director I worked with was actually the dramaturg at one of the larger Boston area theaters. Um, so I stumbled right into it. Um, some dramaturgs do translation, mm. uh, program notes, educational packages, um, work with playwrights, editing, developing. Uh, there's a huge, huge field of things that dramaturgs can do and will do. Uh, dramaturgs work in um, movies and ballet and across the field of the arts. But it has mm. been a wonderful experience for me um, and actually has been far more relevant than I ever would have expected to my work as an executive director. I'm really excited to, <laughs> so. hear, to hear about how it all ties together. Yeah, so. I knew that you had that background because we've talked about theater, but I read, you know, that you studied history and literature in undergrad. I was like, oh, what a cool marriage of all of your things, you know. So give us an example of, I know there's probably too many, but 
to pick a favorite, but one show that you loved working on and what you got to do in the process. Wow. I know it's I'm gonna, so hard no, to pick. No, it is. It's so <laughs> it's funny. So I'm going to pick um, sort of a, a little collection of shows sure. um, that happened through graduate school, which is, I know it's not necessarily a real-world experience. But, um, again, the history of Melanie. I happen to love Shakespeare. Mm. And one of the first books I bought with my very own allowance money, birthday money, was the complete works of William Shakespeare. Because, yes, Melanie was a little bit of a nerd growing up. And I had a teacher. How old were you? I was in the seventh grade when I did that, yes. Um, I had a teacher, a really special teacher in Tupelo, who had a few of us as students. And she was asking us to read Shakespeare. And um, back in this time, this was the the late 70s, the BBC was broadcasting all of these Shakespeare productions that they had oh, filmed. Cool. And we were assigned to watch several of them mm. at home at night. And I should have known that I was cut out for this kind mm. of strange field because I pulled my parents' old great books, library copies of the plays off the bookshelf and watched the production with the books in hand. Oh, wow. What a director's nightmare, right? And (laughs) I'm looking at these books going, hmm, they cut that scene. They moved that scene. These are the changes they made. They took the intermission break in the middle of Act 3. What a strange choice. Who does that? I mean, obviously someone who's cut out to be a dramaturg in the future. But um, so, yeah, I was doing that in the seventh grade and um, loved it because, you know, everyone knows that no production of Hamlet takes the break at the same place. Mm-hmm. And um, or, well, maybe not everyone, but, you know, we weird theater people talk about these things when you do a production of Hamlet. And anyway, so um, I had this weird predisposition towards Shakespeare. So when mm-hmm. I get to graduate school, I ended up working with um, a director um, several times Um and with a, several different playwrights on multiple adaptations, as well as a production of The Tempest, mm. which seemed to be the play that kind of permeated my experience. So I worked on, I'm going to call it three, because one of them was a little tangential, but three different plays that were inspired by The Tempest, mm. as well as a production of The Tempest. So, so like four and all. Yeah, four wow. and all. As, and one of them was set on an island off the coast of Maine where the Prospero character was a um, music producer and um, Caliban was um, a rock star. And, you know, so just really strange things. Mm. So in order to work on this show, you have to know the history of the music industry in England, Liverpool, really, you know, random things, as well as yeah. the complete history of The Tempest and Shakespeare. Um, Robert Johnson, um, coincidentally, there was a song in the show <laughs> called Robert Johnson Went Down to the Crossroads. I was like, Mississippi made it. Yes, into absolutely. The production. Not everyone uh, hanging out in New Haven. <laughs> knew everything I knew about Robert Johnson. Mm. Um, and 
um, that was actually really a fascinating way to put together my background. Mm. Um, you know, one of the other plays um, took a whole different spin on it, but you know, it's just really interesting how many different ways you can use classic literature and how it spins um, totally different production. Mm. Um, I did a play that was inspired by Hank Williams. Oh, cool. And um, another several plays I got to work on were Tennessee Williams. Mm. And let's just say there weren't a lot of Mississippi connections in my era in New Haven. So I was like, um, well, um, let me explain. Uh, Blanche is not soaking in a hot tub. Um, you would think that would be obvious to some people. But yeah. There's, an, uh, there's a huge difference. Right. Absolutely. Between a hot tub and a hot tub. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're right about that. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And you wouldn't think it would take an expert in a production to explain that to an actor. Um, no offense to the actors out there, but sometimes you're so caught up in things that you just need someone who's a little removed. It never occurred to me that you would have to say that. Yeah, it, it wouldn't. <laughs> but um, sometimes you just need a person paying attention to the little things. Wow. <laughs> or as my father likes to explain to people, sometimes you just need people to explain to um, the folks. We do sometimes have air conditioning in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. We have electricity too. Yeah. So, wow. Or, or my favorite. Um, when is it okay to wear seersucker in Mississippi? People ask you that. Um, I had a director who was absolutely intent on putting a Southern character in a seersucker suit in a Tennessee Williams play, but but it was set during Holy Week, so obviously it's before Easter. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so yeah. Silly, I'm, silly things like that. But. Something I'm, did you ever delve into the like dialect side of things? I'm a little embarrassed to tell you how many times I called my mother and said, would you read the sentence for me? <laughs> yeah. Um, because uh, one of my family jokes is that, thank you, Sesame Street. Um, people used to ask my mother, her, her name is Doyce, um, and She's a little famous in her own right around some places. Doris, honey, where'd you get the little Yankee? Because um, apparently that overly dramatic thing followed me around um, when I was a child, and I didn't quite sound like people thought I ought to. And certainly after 22 years in uh, Boston and uh, New England, I didn't always count on my own ear, so I would absolutely call home for... Um, North Mississippi or South Mississippi or the Delta. Um, we had an incredible accent um, coach mm. in graduate school, certainly. But uh, when I was working on shows in college, especially, though, I would, I, I had family. Oh, you've I counted got, on my family. You've got a wealth, you know, Absolutely. A wealth of resources. always someone to call. This is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app.
On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with an arts leader from Tupelo, Mississippi, Melanie Dees. Hi. Hi. So, you know, before the break, we were talking a lot about how you got into the arts and I think that we have to talk about your parents. I mean, yes. everyone has to talk about my parents. So I've never met your parents. So I only know about oh. your parents through you, really. Um, and I know that they have quite a legacy with the Link Center, which we'll, we'll talk about. But before we get to the specifics of the Link Center, they were the ones who had the plays, the Shakespeare on the shelf that you pulled off to watch along with you know, the productions. Mm -hmm. So how did your parents influence you with the arts early on? Well, obviously my parents are arts lovers. I've already Mm -hmm. told you my mother was our church organist and my dad was a musician as well. Um, And my mother was um, part of the group of people uh, who were um, instrumental, (laughs) pun intended, (laughs) in starting uh, the Tupelo, now the North Mississippi Symphony Orchestra. Really? So um, we grew up attending those concerts and everything possible in Tupelo. My mother used to say, if my children don't love the arts, it's not because I didn't try. (laughs) So um, um, the family joke is that from the minute we were potty trained, we were sitting in a seat somewhere as audience members. And uh, it really is true. Um, Mm. My poor dad uh, sometimes was right there with us. not that he didn't love it as well, but um, we we were just always there when the doors were open for something cultural, and um, we were in the plays, attending, supporting, and um, you know I was seventeen when I left town, but certainly Tupelo did not stop supporting the arts, mm. and um, you know we're a really fortunate community to have so many options. Um, you know, certainly I danced from not well necessarily in spite of what they tried. Uh, you know, I took piano lessons. I took organ lessons. I took voice lessons. Um, we all did. You know, my dad quit piano lessons and we weren't going to be allowed to do that. You know, so um, you could say they, they made us, but they really didn't have to. Um, hmm. We all wanted my brother my sister and I you know we all had that foundation and you know interestingly enough we all went on to pursue those things and we my we all sang in college um my sister also danced in college you know it just it became part of who we were and part of who we were as a, as a family as well so um did they pursue the arts as a career as individually as well um, not to the same extent. Um, mm. Interestingly enough, although we all moved out of state um, for part of our adult lives and um, 
certainly for college. Um, we are all back in Mississippi now and all serve on arts boards and mm. um, give back in that way. So, um, and it and, and it's carrying on to the next generation as well. Um, my, oh, your my niece. niece um, doing some very impressive she, things. Tell us, a, give a shout out to your niece and tell us about that. <laughs> shout out to my niece who, um, you know, my, my nephew also, like I did, um, pretty much came into the world uh, dancing and singing mm-hmm. uh, as quite a character. Um, my niece was a little late to the discovery. She um, started a, a new school uh, two years ago and tried out for her school play. Um, her second show, she had the lead. <laughs> and um, Gay Mason. And she is uh, going to um, Northwestern this summer um, for the five-week acting intensive. So I'm very proud of her. I think it's and in her bones. It is. I am so excited. Her blood. She loves it. Um She's um, also fond of um, every kind of drama, but a little fondness for Shakespeare there too. And um, and she's actually uh, coming back from Jackson with me next week to do an internship for a week at Link Center as her school service project. So I'm going to introduce her to the nonprofit arts world as well. So I'm really excited about that. One thing I'm every time I interview any artist I'm so fascinated with like how Mississippi seeps into or either influence them and finds its way into their art and you mentioned how fortunate you are in Tupelo to have the community you have so paint us a picture of the arts in Tupelo Tupelo you know this small little town in northeast Mississippi mm-hmm. You know, Lee County, you know, is only, you know, 80,000 people. Tupelo is barely 40,000. You know, it swells during the day. Mm. Um, The number of people who come to Lee County to work or shop is astonishing. Um, It's kind of a hub in in the area. It really is. It is the, you know, primary community between Mm. Memphis and Birmingham. And, um, you know, I don't speak development as well as the folks do at our, you know, Community Development Foundation, but Tupelo has a 50-plus-year-old theater, symphony, you know, a ballet company that's been producing the Nutcracker for more than 30 years. Um, We actually now have three different ballet companies with three different styles. Um, You have three ballet companies in Tupelo? You know, three... You That's know, amazing. They, they do completely different things. Um, and we are the, you know, we have the largest hospital in rural America. Hmm. We're the, our symphony, professional symphony. Um, you know, it's the smallest community in the country with a professional hmm. symphony orchestra. Is it really? Um According to the National Orchestra Organization, um, which is no longer called the American Symphony Orchestra League, uh, League of American Orchestras is their new name. I mean, I work at the Mississippi Arts Commission, and I'm learning these things. And, um, you know, it's incredible what we accomplish in such a small community. Um, You know, I worked at a university in Boston Mm. um, the last few years I was there, and... um, the Chronicle of Philanthropy did a feature story on Lee County during that time because Lee County is one of the most philanthropic communities 
in the country. Um, It was one of those periods where I realized I was losing my anonymity in Boston. Um, (laughs) So, um, which when I was thinking about whether or not to come home Mm -hmm. to take this job at Link Center, I started doing my pro and my con list. It's like Mm -hmm. I had originally loved being in Boston because nobody knew anything about me. And um, I liked that. I could establish myself in a completely new place with my own identity. Um, But after almost 22 years, you know, you get a name for yourself in your own community. and Especially um, in the theater community. Especially in the theater community. That because is very true. It's a, it's, it's a small world of its own. It is. And um, um, when I got the first phone call about hmm. would I come and even consult on the job offer that Link Center um, had, it's like, yeah, that's great, but I don't want to come back to Mississippi. I'm very happy. I've been gone, you know, more than half my life. Um, I like, and my family lives there. It's like, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but my family lives there. Mm. And, you know, I'm rapidly approaching that point in January. I will have been back for 17 years. Oh wow! So that's the that's the tipping point. I was seventeen when I left, and I will have been back for seventeen years. And hmm. you know, I took the job thinking. The advice I got was, "Well, you think you've been thinking you wanted to make a change to go work in a career where you could make more of a difference than you do with the work you're doing at the university, which was great work. Um, I'd been working the arts um, off and on um, hmm. since I got out of graduate school, um, but I was mostly freelancing and doing project work. And I was also, I also had this really great university job where I traveled around the world. Um, But, you know, my boss at the university is like, you wanted to make a change and you could go take this job and see if this is really what you want to do. And anybody can do anything for a couple of years. I'm like, well, sure, I'll go for a couple of years, see what it's like. And here I am now, almost 17 years later. And, Still here. <laughs> so now we have to dive into the Link Center. Yeah. Which, where do you start? Because it's, it's such a hub of activity it, and art. It really is. And, you know, some days, you know, people will say, wow, the Link Center, is that something new? I'm like, uh, no, we're more than 20 <laughs> years old. And um, we struggle with it so much. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, what's your elevator speech? I was like, how tall is your elevator? Because exactly. it really is. Um, we do a little bit of everything. And there are days I think we should narrow that down. And then hmm. I've just come to terms with um, we are like the old folktale about the elephant in the room with the blind men. Hmm. And you describe the part that you touch and whatever part you touch, we're okay with that. Mm. We are, our tagline now is community connected. And as long as we can connect with you somehow, we will bring you in. And we're, we're good with that. Um, mm. We help build our community through the arts. And we'll get you to the next section if you need to get to the next section. And all of our people and all of our organizations connect with each other. Mm. And when you need something else, you're already there. So um, when um, 
are people who work with El Centro, our Hispanic service mm. organization, need to work with the birthing project or they need to work with someone from the Pride Resource Center or they need transportation from Tupelo Transit, mm. or they just need to have a birthday party or a wedding, we've got the facility. Um, so we love bringing people together, ideally through the arts. So you house a lot of people and organizations. Tell us about that. What does it look like? <laughs> <laughs> Some days it looks like a 14,000 ring circus. <laughs> and they're all our monkeys, as the saying goes. You know, it just it's mm. really... Um, it's some days it's beautiful. Mm. Most days it's beautiful. Some days it looks like um, absolutely, utterly beautiful chaos. Mm. Um, and then some days it looks like Melanie's hiding under her desk, hoping they don't find her because the door's closed because she has work to do um, and uh, a grant report to write. And um, um, yes, and I'm bugging you to yeah, turn and, in. and yeah. it's usually it's like 11:50, <laughs> and uh, the clock is gonna tick over at 11:59, and she's almost out of time. <laughs> um, but that's my specialty too. So, um, so it's 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 really incredible um, on on the days like that where, you know, I describe someone asked me to describe one of my favorite links in her days a couple of years ago, and um, I talk about. Um, um, one of our great uh, partnerships, we have mm. one of our ballet companies um, puts on an art showcase every year and brings mm. in multiple artists, um, dancers from all of the companies, filmmakers, um, visual artists, poets, whatever. And um, on this particular day, I was backstage checking on things and our secret art pop-up show was in the courtyard. They had a fire and things and ballerinas and tutus were pressed to the backstage door, looking at the fire while Bill Perry was playing on stage behind me. And so it was blues and ballerinas and art and everything was going on in the concert hall, in the courtyard, and then downstairs, you know, there was a mm. wedding. And in the black box, there was comedy. And in the conference room, there was a, a, another help group doing things. And it just... It's a beautiful world of people getting what they need. Yeah. It's one way or another. I mean, it really does. You're painting a picture of what we call our space community development. That's, ex <laughs> That's exactly it. This is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. One. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker from the Mississippi Arts Commission, and I'm talking with Melanie Dees, Executive Director of the Link Center in Tupelo, Mississippi. So we've been talking about how 
many, many things happen at the Wink Center. And I mean, just to, to kind of, if people are just tuning in, I'm going to give them a picture. It's at this, it used to be a church. It's now an art center. It's a performance space. It's home to artists. It's home to organizations, arts and non-arts, and just stuff's always happening. Pretty much. Um, you can almost always be guaranteed someone's there around the clock. It's a community space. It's like, we yeah. do. We have three major performance venues, a gallery space, office space, and meeting space. That is so cool. <laughs> If you're in Tupelo and you need some space, they might be booked, but check with Melanie. Yeah, we absolutely, <laughs> Julie and I will um, will try to hook you up. So I want to talk a little bit about the people and the organizations that make up the Link Center. Okay. I know there's a lot. Just, there are. Just tell us, just list them off if you want, however you want to do it. Absolutely. Um, well, we uh, work with, like I said, Arts organizations. Mm. So we have um, our improv comedy troupe west of Shakerag. Uh, That's cool. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, Creative Academy and Party in the Art Room, uh, which are run by Amanda Kulaba, who is um, fabulous Mac staff. But yes, she um, is. We, we we had her first. Um, we love <laughs> you her. Did. Um, and uh, we have a voice teacher, music teacher. We have art teachers. We house an entire art studio space uh, called Art Link, uh, where we have painters ranging from uh, John Armistead mm. um, to um, Belnor, Glenn Payne, who's also a filmmaker, uh, Mary, um, and others who do uh, visual arts, photography, um, other projects. Some of some of them are on the roster, have been on the on the roster. Mm. And um, they often do shows in our gallery space, um, which is on the first floor of our facility. Um, Mary is also the curator for our pop-up secret art shows that we talked about earlier and uh, for an art sketch club that meets periodically as well for people in the community to come and just hang out and paint or mm. whatever. Um, we have a spoken word open mic, which is our wordplay group. Um, we have Tupelo Transit, uh, which is the city's uh, transit office. Um, we have um, an insurance um, teaching group. Um, what we, is it? Wait, tell me. So, so someone who helps you um, pass the insurance licensing exam. They're one of our oldest tenants. Wow. Um, so they teach the classes that prepare you for that exam. It's a little um, outside the arts, but it is education. So we have a... Interesting. Uh, yeah, it really is. Um, so students, um, <laughs> we have a speech therapist. Uh, mm -hmm. We have um, a publisher and editor. Uh, we wow. house, as I said, um, the Pride Resource Center, our local chapter of PFLAG and Tupelo Pride. And um, <laughs> we wow. um, we house um, the North Mississippi Gem and Mineral Society, um, the North Mississippi Center for Birth and Breastfeeding Equity, um, the North Mississippi Birthing Project. Uh, we talked about El Centro earlier, mm -hmm. uh, which does uh, reading readiness, um, English language enrichment, and has a chess club, uh, as well as works with um, mission acceleration and does um, financial planning and other um events for the families of um, Hispanic uh, families in our community. Mm. Um, and um, who have I forgotten? 
just running around the building in my head. Uh, I talked about our art teacher and um, forgive me if I left you out. Um, we partner with uh, the Boys and Girls Club, um, Lee County Early Childhood Education um, to present um, a 24-week program each year in nine Lee County daycares mm. for four-year-olds. It's called Start With The Arts. We put eight teaching artists in those nine daycares um, for, let's see, four disciplines, three times each month on standards-based curriculum development to prepare them for kindergarten. And uh, the test That's numbers, amazing. the test numbers are just in this year for this year's class. We started the first year we started was during COVID, so it messed up the pre and post test data just a little bit. Mm. Um, but each of those daycares has improved their re reading scores. They've all met Mississippi standards, and I think all but one have met Lee County Tupelo standards. So wow. um, it's an amazing program, and it was inspired by the work um, that um, one of our artist residency um, programs um, started. Um, 2019, Stuart Stotts came and did our uh, Link Center artist residency and said he, he came to the Early Childhood Education Center and uh to these daycares in the afternoon and said, this is too good an opportunity. You've got so many teaching artists here in Tupelo. You shouldn't let this program go. And so we piloted it uh, that next year. Hmm. And we've expanded it this past year from seven to nine daycares. And we're looking for wow. funding to continue expanding that. Um, it's an amazing program. Um, that sounds amazing. So, And you don't sleep. <laughs> no, no, um, I, I don't. I started that in college. I sleep as little as possible. Um, but um, there's just too much to do. There's so many amazing programs. Um, you know, I think when it's so beautiful to hear about this, you know, kind of cross Grand Central Station cross section of, of community and artists together. How do you see them benefit from each other? Well, it's, you know, the proverbial water cooler phenomenon. Mm. Um, you know, at various points, we've housed other local community organizations, mm. including um, when they first opened a Tupelo office, um, the Tupelo office of Mississippi United to End Homelessness. Mm. Um, so, you know, when the, you know, people from the homeless office pass the woman from the birthing project and there's a pregnant homeless person who needs transportation, and also speak Spanish. I mean, mm. people just bump into each other. And, you know, the most amazing, you know, I hate to use the word synergy, but, you know, sometimes it's just really good. Um, yeah. People can connect and share resources and um, things happen. Even Absolutely. just people visiting other offices. Mm. Um, you know, uh, we for a while housed an addiction recovery program as mm. well. And... Um, while we don't house that particular program, we still have those connections. And um, the thing they were always saying to us is, you know, this was a great location for us because you can be in the Link Center for any reason. You, you, you know, you don't have to True, yeah. out yourself or break your anonymity just by parking in the Link Center parking lot. 
That's very true. You could be there for anything. You could be here to take, you know, music lessons or painting or to book an event. Um, and our artists provide, you know, therapy to a lot of these other organizations. Mm. Um, so we still maintain those relationships, even though some of those organizations have moved out of the building. Um, oh, that's cool. And also on our campus is the Police Athletic League. Um, so they're in the old gym. I've never um, even heard of the Police Athletic League. <laughs> <laughs> they're a national organization. Do they play like basketball? They do. They, um, one of their primary functions is um, basketball outreach to at-risk youth. But um, How cool. we also send our artists over to do spoken word camps or other uh, activities uh, with that same population. And, um, you know, it's a perfect partner for us because they're right there on our campus. Um, wow. So, uh, you know, there's just something about being co-located um, that offers great opportunity. Um, they host banquets at our facility. Um, you know, we have a um, holiday artist market. Mm. Um, and um, when People call um, looking for entrepreneurs to speak to the youth at PAL. We can offer connections to the um, people we have met through that. Mm -hmm. um, it's really just wonderful to be so tied into the community on so many different levels. And I, I imagine so much of your job is being a connector. It, it is. You know, there was a period there where our phone would ring and people would ask us questions. I'm like, oh, we don't do that mm. but you know in the last few years I'm like I, I love that if you don't know where to call people call the link center because they just assume that either we do it or we know who does it and um, I take it as quite the compliment absolutely it's like I you know we're the New York Public Library reference desk for Tupelo um, because the fact is it's a huge compliment it is um, if we don't do it we probably do know who does it and if we don't do it and it's a need and no one else does it then we'll figure out a way to make it happen um, or to figure out yeah. where it could happen. Um, so You mentioned earlier that your dramaturgy background <laughs> has really benefited this work. Tell, tell me that, how. That is actually one of the ways. That's one um, of the ways. <laughs> uh, dramaturgy, um, my, my mentor that I met at that very first theater job, um, she would send me off to the library to look something up. And she's like, what I need is a book on this. She said, I don't know if anyone's written it, but if they've written it, I need this book. So it was like, go find um, this thing if it exists. And if not, find me the information that would have been in this book if it had been written. And so um, it's like the giant scavenger hunt. And some days that's really what my job is. Um, yeah. I love it. It's like um, that and plumbing, and I would have been perfectly set. Um, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> so, you have to take care of the building. Exactly. Oh my but you know, goodness. fortunately, um, with a theater background, um, I, I know how to use a fair number of power tools. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I only built things that had to last, you know, six to 12 weeks, but I'm getting better. Um, but yeah, so that, that really is the knowing yeah. where to look, who to trust, uh, what resources are valid, mm. and um, don't give up till you find it. Um, that's what dramaturgy is. That's so cool. And you're right. That is a lot of what community work is, too. Is like, how do I figure out how to fill these needs? Mm -hmm. I love it. It's, I love this connection. It is. It's, a, it's really rewarding, and it's never boring. Um, some days it can be a little uh, frustrating or infuriating. 
um, how do you get from um, A to C without going through B? But it's creative, strategic thinking, and um, not everyone gets that opportunity or has that kind of training. And I feel very grateful um, that I not only had that background, um, but that I get to share that with other people and maybe teach a little bit of it to them as we're going. And I get to do that with a fabulous musical soundtrack and fabulous art all around me. Absolutely. I can't believe it, but we've run out of time. <laughs> but but I do want you to tell us about the, the Link Center's website. Could you tell us where to find you? Absolutely. We are at link-center, C-E-N-T-R-E dot org. And if you can't find it, Google it or call Mac because we'll, we'll send you that way. And we hope that you visit on your way through Tupelo or if you live in Tupelo. Melanie, it's been so great talking with you. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. It is always fabulous to talk to you. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners. So if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app.